Well, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for letting us be here. It's a joy to be able to be with you. And uh, look forward to being able to spend a little bit of time just recounting what the Lord's been doing in our lives. I think uh, I see quite a few familiar faces, and I know many of you have been praying for us, and so hope to be able to show you how some of those prayers have been answered. So that's a, a joy. Um, so yeah, thank you for uh, being able to give us the opportunity to do that. Um, so we are in Johannesburg, South Africa, um, and uh, we have some prayer cards there on the table. Uh, you can see that. If you didn't get to see the picture earlier, our girls, uh, 10 and 7, were planning to be here, but our little one is uh, not feeling well, so um, they are not able to be with us now, but uh, watch for us. We'll be around on campus the next couple weeks as well here at Grace. Um, but we were last at Mindset about two and a half years ago. I looked it up, um, and it's been a, a, quite a, an interesting journey since then. Um, last time we were here, we were telling you about the ministry in Malawi, where we served for uh, 10 years, and uh, a lot has changed since then. So I just wanted to catch you up on what has happened over the last two and a half years. Um, and really, it's just a, uh, an interesting uh, testimony of the Lord's work in our life, um, and also quite a few answered prayers. Uh, and uh, it shows you a little bit, too, of just um, what does it mean to be a missionary, transitioning from one country to the other? What does that look like? Um, I know we're not the only ones who've done that. You've heard uh, some of the stories of others and are maybe more familiar with that than most people. Um, so really, let me go back a little bit before our last visit here, but um, it, when it really all started changing for us in July 2018, when some of the, the Grace Church elders came out to visit us in Malawi. So this is George Crawford and Rodney Anderson uh, at our place uh, in Malawi. And really, this was uh, part of a, a longer conversation as we were just continuing to talk with our team about our role and what that looked like. And I'm um, really thankful for the counsel of these elders and these men who were able to see things that I didn't see and said, you know what, I think that the ministry here has changed to such a degree um, that the reason that you're, you're having a hard time trying to figure out how to fit in is that it's changed to a place where your role is different and it's really not what you had come here to do. Um, I hadn't really realized that as much uh, at the time, but really I had come to Malawi to serve in the church, um, to be able to, to help with, with administration and, and discipleship in the church. And over the course of time, as things got going and as the seminary grew, my time got pulled more and more into the seminary side and pulled further and further away from the church. Um, and I was having less and less time actually discipling people. And um, my heart for counseling had grown, and I was able to do less and less of that, um, even though I still occasionally taught a counseling class at the seminary. Um, and I think I would have probably just kept on trying forever to, to see if there was some way to make it work, but I was really thankful for these guys saying, you know what, it's really okay to find a place where it's going to be a better fit for you now. Um, so what I had realized is that the, the, the way that things had been shaped before had changed, um, and I suppose I had in a bit as well. So um, due to uh, the counsel of these guys, um, we, we had some other conversations. We flew down to Pulakwani too, for a, a, a meeting with all the GMI uh, and uh, TMS and TMAI uh, affiliates in South Africa. And really part of those conversations, too, also led to a phone call where I called Rachel from South Africa. She was still in Malawi and said, I think we're going to be leaving Malawi. Um, and that, at the time, seemed like huge news. Um, it was something that we did never, we never would have thought we would have said. Um, so I was just telling Emery Britton, we were thinking we were going to be there uh, 
forever. <laughs> as long as the Lord would have us, we had worked very hard to make it our home. From day one, we had said, this is home, um, and had adapted our vocabulary. We'd hung family pictures on the wall. We had moved our couch over there just to do everything we could to be 100% there. Um, but it became clear that the Lord was redirecting us. And in hindsight, I recognized that the criteria that we had used in the first place to choose to go to Malawi um, was really the same reason that we were moving on. It really had to do with stewardship. It was really, how do I answer this question? How can I best use the gifts and the strengths and the weaknesses and the desires that God has formed in us to serve him best? What is that place, and where can we do that the best? Um, and with the counsel of our, our teammates and our elders, um, we realized it's not Malawi uh, anymore. Um, and so then it was a question of where is that going to be? So when we came here last, it was during our furlough in October 2018. Uh, we flew back here with some significantly smaller girls, um, and Naomi loved furlough. But we were able to tell you a little bit about what was happening in Malawi. And if you were listening carefully at that time, you might have noticed that we were talking about everything that was happening in the past and not so much about what was happening in the future because we had no idea where we were going next. Um, we were pretty sure we were leaving Malawi but didn't know where we were going to. And so it was actually on that furlough that those things started to change and we were able to start thinking and, and understanding a little bit more clearly what was going to be happening next. Um, and so... Through a series of conversations with people, uh, we began to have a little bit more clarity on that. Um, One day in particular, we were out in Kansas City. Um, I met with Rick Holland that morning, and he said, you know, I've been praying about where would be a a great place for you. He's like, have you thought about talking to Rick Holland? And then later that same day, or sorry, talking to to Tim Cantrell. (laughs) Thank you. This is why my wife is here. Um, Later that day, I was on a Skype call um, with Mark Tatlock, um, and he said, so I was thinking about a place... And I thought, you know, we should have you talk to Tim Cantrell. And then he said, and funny enough, then Rodney Anderson came up to me and he said, have you thought about Tim Cantrell? And then George Crawford came to me and said, hey, what about Tim Cantrell? I said, Mark, I've got a fourth one for you. I spoke to Rick Holland this morning. You know what name he said? And then Mark told me, well, somebody better call Tim and let him know. So we don't take those sorts of things to be infallible, but we do recognize them as a recognition of people who know both of us to say, hey, we see that you have a desire for the church, a desire for, for discipleship and counseling in the church, and that this, this would work well. And so I probably started feeling like Naomi looked in this picture um, as we started thinking about South Africa. So I knew South Africa a little bit. I had interned there in 2005 at a church on the other side of Joburg. Um, I knew Tim Cantrell. I actually helped unpack his books in his office when he first moved to Johannesburg from Christ Seminary in 05. Um, and we've been in touch over the years. Um, he had been my thesis advisor for my master's in biblical counseling. So I knew him a, a little bit, um, but then we went to go, to go see them. So after our furlough, we went back to Malawi and started saying goodbye. We had our last uh, Christmas party at our house, um, which was a wonderful tradition that we had started. Um, and we would uh, just have a wonderful time with people. And then in January, we went down to visit Antioch Bible Church in Johannesburg. Um, so this is the church. Um, many of you know Robin Brown there, and Kulakani is a seminary student. Um, there's a small seminary that meets at Antioch, um, and he is one of those brothers who is uh, being trained for vocational ministry. This is the place that they meet for their church in a township. Um, and one of the things that really excited me was uh, they were teaching a biblical counseling training course there and had started that anticipating somebody else coming to run it, and that guy didn't come. 
And so it was still going, but they were desperately trying to keep this thing going. And they said, would you be willing to take this over? I said, absolutely. That sounds great. I was so excited to be able to, to consider that. So this is their counseling course. Um, and was able to, from, uh, to already start thinking about, wow, what a, what a great opportunity. Um, so they're mostly people from Antioch and, and a couple other churches that they were helping uh, equip to counsel. So through that, we just really had a sweet time with them, and it became very clear why those four other people had said, have you tried talking to Tim Cantrell? Because um, we saw the same things that they had as well. It's just a, a, a very um, like-mindedness and, and a love for, for counseling and discipleship in the church, and that there really were a lot of needs there. Somebody told us later um, that we were looking for Antioch, and Antioch was looking for us, and none of us knew it at the time. But it was sort of like this arranged marriage that the Lord brought us there, um, and it was really sweet. Um, there's a picture of the seminary at Antioch. Um, and so we took this picture and we put it on some little cards and told people we were uh, going to Antioch. Um, so then we went back to Malawi and said our last goodbyes. Um, we had some issues with our visa, too. We tried applying in the office in Malawi. Um, this is the South African High Commission. And uh, we went there so many times, my kids made a song about it. The High Commission, they give us visas. Except the last part of that song wasn't actually true because they didn't give us visas. So we didn't sing that song for too long. Um, so they had a problem with the kids being homeschooled. They didn't know what that was and didn't want to issue visas. So after going there for, after spending, you know, like 50 hours there, they finally told me that. And uh, I was able to start looking at other directions. So we went uh, other places. But that, yeah, that. That's kind of normal. I learned in Africa that when you go to any sort of government office, um, the goal is not to make a touchdown. The goal is just to move the ball down the field, even if it's just a foot down the field. It's like you may learn the name of the person that you need to talk to next time, right? Or you may learn what kind of form you need to fill out. That may be all that you get from that visit. So um, that's kind of how it works. Um, Oops. So we were saying goodbye to a lot of our friends. This was our small group that had uh, developed a really sweet friendship of a lot of the young people. This was Clifford, an old friend that uh, I had discipled. Um, he came back, drove five hours up to see us uh, to say goodbye. Um, our, our housekeeper, Martha, um, who taught Rachel how to wear a tatinji, taught her how to tie a baby on her back. She'd helped us learn a lot of the, the Malawian traditions. Uh, she did tell her she can't carry water on her head properly um, because she has the wrong kind of hair. So um, we are so thankful for these dear friends, um, even saying goodbye to our, our students at Kappa, um, our teammates there, um, and uh, our last church camp. Um, and it was really uh, very sad uh, for us to be able to go um, leaving these things, seeing what we had invested so long in. These were, a lot of these were things that we had started um, that we had really had a big part in making them happen. Um, and, uh, but it really is sweet memories of those times together. This is what my girls had loved. So, so Abigail had said there were three things she wanted to do before leaving Malawi. Um, so she wanted to, to, uh, to see the zebras at Kuti. She wanted to swim with the cichlid fish in Lake Malawi, and she wanted to climb Mount Mulanji. So we said, well, we'll see what we can do. We're going to try to do those um, so she got to see the zebras and, and almost got one to eat out of her hand. She will tell you that with great enthusiasm. We got to go feed the cichlids in Lake Malawi and swim with them. Um, They're these beautiful rainbow-colored fish. And we got to go hike Mount Malanji too, the highest mountain in Malawi. So 
um, which was pretty good for, for these little uh, short legs. They did a great job uh, climbing this big mountain, 10,000 feet. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a wonderful time with some other dear friends of ours, um, a, a brother that is an elder at the church still there back in Malawi. Um, we enjoy taking, staying in touch with them. We had to say goodbye to our, our doggies. Um, we gave them away to a dear friend, uh, Simba and Samson, Great Danes. They were our guard dogs um, and did a good job at it. Um, so had to say goodbye to them. Our last Malawian wedding where we throw money at everyone. Um, people who, yeah, guys like uh, Felix, we helped him uh, with a lot of different financial needs and um, a lot of people that we, our lives had intersected with. So it's very sweet to be able to say goodbye to this dear church. Um, and our last Sunday there, they, they sent us off and said goodbye, gave us a scrapbook that they had put together. Um, and we packed up our stuff and uh, said goodbye to the big city of Lilongwe, which is, this is downtown. Um, that's, that road there is the M1. That is the national highway all the way through the country. So that is as, about as, as big as it gets. Um, that's not the biggest mall, but it is a pretty typical mall there. Um, and uh, that is downtown Lilongwe. Um, and then we went off to the, the big city. Lilongwe is about a million people, um, but most of them are in like village areas. Um, Johannesburg is about 16 million people, and they are considerably bigger. So that led us off to Johannesburg. After we made a brief detour here to get our visas, um, so I know some of you are praying for that, um, and that was uh, pretty exciting. We got to uh, go uh, to the embassy here in L.A., um, and where it had taken us visit after visit after visit in Malawi. Uh, we walked in there, and we had, I had a whole folder full of letters. I had letters from everybody. I had documents from everything. I had a letter from the Minister of Education in South Africa saying they recognize homeschooling. I had a letter from the Homeschool Legal Defense Organization in South Africa and in the U.S. I had letters from um, the, our, our school here that was helping oversee us and making sure that we were complying with standards. Um, I had all these things. And uh, the lady looks and says, what's the plan for education for your kids? I said, homeschooling? Great. Stamp, 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 stamp. You're good. <laughs> so it was great to see uh, that, how effortless that was after all of that. Um, we weren't expecting that, but it was very sweet. Um, and then it was just a matter of waiting for them to process it. And, and then once they'd submitted it, if it were approved, they would let us know. So we uh, were here for the missionary conference and enjoyed uh, that time um, at the missionary conference. I think a couple of you were there. And uh, well, we all were actually in... A, prayer meeting for South Africa, for Africa. All the Africa people were in one meeting together, and we were sharing prayer requests. And several people had said, would you pray for our visa? We're trying to get a visa. <laughs> yeah, us too. Um, and then just before we go to prayer, one person got a message, said, hey, I got a message. I just got my visa. And I checked my email. I had a message that said I'd gotten my visa too. So we said, can we change those into praises instead? <laughs> so it was really neat to see the Lord's faithfulness and just... Again, make it possible for us to be able to, to go there. So there we go, visa to go to South Africa. So um, that we were on our way to our new home. Um, we made some dear friends, the Russells. Uh, they are, are very good friends of ours now. We stayed at their home for our first two months there um, and before we found our own place. Uh, but we actually moved back to their house now. Um, we live there now again 
um, because they had such a heart for ministry that they went to another town to help with a church plant there. Um, and so in Nelspray, you might know Richard Peskett. Um, so they're working with the Peskets um, just as lay people in the church. Um, so Charles's job became more mobile because of COVID. So he was able to move there and they are just serving at the church. Um, so Charles is in elder training with Richard, um, and um, they're both participating in the biblical counseling training that I'm doing. More on that in a minute. Um, but they also want to come back to Joburg about once a month. And so when they do, they want to come back to their own house. So we are kind of renting and kind of house-sitting it for them. <laughs> so then they come back, and we all stay together, and it's, it's a wonderful time because they're, they're dear friends of ours. Um, they also really uh, want their home to be used for church ministry. So we get lots of opportunities to do that. So our girls enjoyed meeting some of the locals, um, getting to see them. This is Charcoal, uh, our little bunny who became a big bunny because she got away the first day. Uh, I promised, I said that they could keep her for one night and uh, I'm not sure how uh, she got out of the box, but she never got back in. <laughs> um, some more good friends. So our girls really enjoyed the, the wildlife, uh, different animals. You come visit us. We'll uh, take you to do this if you want. So this was the birthday party thing that I was telling you about. Zip lining over the crocodiles. So if, uh, if you want to try that, come visit us. We'll, uh, we'll take you. Um, so, yeah, there were a whole bunch of kids all doing that. <laughs> like, that's what you do for birthdays in South Africa, apparently. Um, Abigail's favorite animal, the African wild dog. Um, we also had a lot of opportunities for the kids to get involved in things they couldn't do before, like even ice skating. Hard to believe that in, in Joburg. There's an ice skating rink not too far from us, and a family from our church manages it and has homeschool special days, um, which are really cool. Um, that was our road, though. Um, so that was nice to have a few things that were familiar. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, we've really grown to love this church. It really is a, a sweet place and has been a wonderful uh, opportunity for ministry. Um, there were a lot of uh, great things about it. So um, the church had grown quite a bit, and that was part of why they had asked us to come, was to be able to uh, just help uh, better facilitate a, a culture of discipleship. But the church also has a, a great network with other churches, and this is an example of that. These are pastors of other churches in the area. This, we're actually in a church right there, in a township. Um, the guy in the center is the pastor of this particular church, um, and um, we are really enjoying getting to meet all these other like-minded churches across Joburg. Um, there's need for many more, but it is great to see uh, that there's a, a very small constellation of, of biblical churches around the city, um, and we are able to continue encouraging each other. Um, and so one of my hopes is to even try to build on that better, is to help uh, our church, which is one of the biggest of those, to be able to help a lot of these smaller churches to be able to um, be uh, just encourage them and help strengthen them. So we've been doing a fair amount of that, but wanting to do that more. And, and my focus, I think, particularly would be in biblical counseling. Um, speaking of that, we finished off that first year of counseling training in 2019, and this is some of our counseling role-playing. So some of our, our students, um, Robin Brown is pretending to be the counselee here, um, and uh, it was great to see them being able to apply what they had learned, putting it into practice, um, and uh, use it. So Rachel is a counselee there. Uh, she had to pretend that she had panic attacks all day long, and by the end of the day, she was so exhausted. She said, man, that's really tiring, <laughs> having to even act like you have that. Um, but just to see how 
our counseling students were able to apply what they'd been learning. Um, and that's been one of the, the great things about it is um, because we have the time with these folks uh, to do this, um, we really can make the training practical. And I get to know the strengths and weaknesses of each of my students um, and help mobilize them to be involved in counseling in the church. And so now when somebody's coming to any of the elders for counsel, um, we can also say, well, you know, would you mind if we connected you with one of our graduates from this counseling program? Um, I've got somebody who they really have, have wrestled with this issue and, and have just a really strong grasp of what Scripture says on that, and I know they would do a great job at leading you to God's Word and finding hope for that. So it's been really great to, to see that and be able to help connect them because um, we've been able to, to see them in action throughout the church. Um, so that's our, our graduates from our counseling training course. Um, so they did a, a whole year of training, uh, 200 hours of, of lecture, um, read like 23 books. Um, they memorized a bunch of scripture. Um, and really, it's been great to see them getting, getting to work um, and using it in formal counseling and informal. Um, a lot of them, I think it's just in small groups, in, in personal friendly conversations with people. Um, but um, just things that are coming up that will I'll never even know about. And I think that's what's so cool about it is things that never really get to the level where a pastor has to get involved because members of the church are able to be involved and are able to encourage and counsel and exhort one another, um, which is so great. Um, Antioch was a big church. It was a big change for us coming from our, our smaller church. Um, and you can see our kids there, um, pick them out of the crowd, but this is our Christmas uh, concert. And this was our pre-COVID uh, church life um, just really love being together. Um, and so um, we were having 500 or so people usually on a, a Sunday between two services. Still don't know why that picture's in there, but it's still pretty. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we really enjoyed seeing the church growing, um, passing out resources, things that were provided to us. Uh, this is something else I was able to be involved with was um, leadership training. So in 2020, uh, after the counseling course ended, I started doing a course for the leaders in our church, guys that we had recognized um, who were already involved, um, but we really wanted to equip them more to be able to be future elders, deacons, Sunday school teachers, dads, husbands, um, and um, we, we grabbed a, a bunch of these guys and, and tapped them on the shoulder and asked them if they'd be willing to invest their time in, in some concentrated study. And uh, we ended up with about 22 who did, which has been really cool. Um, and so, um, yeah, this was a, a module that I taught on just the basics of Bible interpretation and letting them uh, practice it and put it into uh, to application. So um, that was a great joy to see. Um, we also had some fun uh, family visits. Um, Rachel's sister and brother-in-law came out to see us, so we took them to meet the, our new friends. Um, and uh, then Rachel's parents also came to see us, which was great. Um, so we took a quick trip down to Cape Town with them. This is not Joburg. Uh, this is Cape Town. Um, it's very nice here. All the pollution that normally would be in Cape Town gets blown all the way up to Joburg. They have these nice winds that direct it all the way to us. <laughs> um, but that's actually close to us, so we can take you there. Um, and then COVID came, and Rachel's parents got locked down with us, which was uh, not expected. They were planning to come for three weeks, and they stayed for about 11, 
um, 11 and a half. So uh, they couldn't leave, and uh, we couldn't go anywhere, so we had some great time with family. Um, our kids will always remember it. Um, they got to do a lot of things that they didn't think they would be able to. So um, while it was unexpected, it actually ended up being a blessing, and they didn't have anything uh, critical they needed to be back for anyway, so we were able to enjoy that sweet time with them. Um, but it definitely created challenges for our church. Um, we had Easter in lockdown, so we had our own Easter play, just our, our family. Uh, so those are the uh, Roman soldiers there, obviously. I mean, you can tell that, right? Um, yeah, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what you can do with cardboard and tinfoil. Um, we uh, ran a marathon around our house. Um, and finally, we're able to say goodbye uh, to Nana and Papa and send them off on their way. It took them seven times buying tickets that all got canceled before they finally got a a flight that worked and got them out, Um, but they were finally able to go. Um, Meanwhile, we were, we started under lockdown. Our our church had lockdown for 10 weeks, Um, so um, we all preached from our living rooms. Um, So Robin and I tag-teamed. We did a series on the book of Job, which was terrific, Um, really phenomenal study, Um, and very much enjoyed it. And yes, my daughter is sleeping through my sermon (laughs) next to me on the couch there. Um, So... Um, but uh, I don't think anybody else did that I know of. <laughs> That's the thing with live stream. You never know. Um, yeah, and, and one of my responsibilities was overseeing children's ministry as well and uh, with the help of uh, a faithful deacon of ours, um, really trying to, to help uh, reach out to the kids. So we did as best we could online, um, coming up with a, a kids program and ways to keep the church family in touch with each other. Uh, so this is a prayer meeting we did. Um, and then finally, we were able to go back to church. And so at first, uh, we were pretty spaced out. Um, the regulations were 50 people for, uh, regardless of the size of your building. So our church seats 400. So it definitely felt uh, like we needed some tumbleweeds rolling through or something. Um, and uh, after a little bit, we began to just realize there were certain things in the regulations that we couldn't quite follow. Um, the big one for me was just the regulation on singing. Um, and... I was supposed to be enforcing these regulations and really wrestled with the the prohibition on any sort of singing. And, you know, I tried to find any sort of loopholes, actually even involved a lawyer, said, is there any way that we can do this? Can we call the whole church the choir? <laughs> no, that doesn't work either. It's very specific. It can only be a solo. Um, only one person on the stage can be singing. Everybody else has to listen to them. And I wrestled with that because as I started studying Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5 and wrestling with the commands there, it's not singing is not just a vertical thing that we do to worship God. It is that, but it also is a one another command. We teach and admonish one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It's actually a way that we instruct one another. It's a way that we we even guard one another from temptation and from error. Um, by hearing my brothers and sisters singing, it reinforces my faith and vice versa. And if we are not allowed to do that, we're missing out on something that the church is meant to do. And so um, that was the the first thing that we ran into. We just said, I think in this area, we, we're going to have to um, to not follow, respectfully not follow the, this regulation. And then we had a few others with the attendance caps. Um, and so for a while, we were able to, to meet um, with the different groups, but then eventually they, they closed this down altogether. They shut down churches in January and February and said churches couldn't meet at all. And at that point, it began to be really striking because you could still go to the movie theater, you could still go to a restaurant, you could still go to the mall, you could still do pretty much anything except for go to the beach, go to the park, uh, go to church, or have a political rally. 
Those are the four things you couldn't do. And so at that point, we, um, we took up a, a Christian lawyer in our church on her offer to put uh, forth an application saying, we need some clarity on this. This doesn't make any sense. Um, and we, um, so we uh, continued meeting until the police came and told us to stop. Um, somewhere in here? Well, maybe I don't have that picture. Um, as it happened, we got to pray with them. We had a, a good conversation with them, and uh, we were able to um, continue finding other ways to meet instead. Um, until uh, when our court case finally went before, was supposed to go before the judge, um, the government saw that and said, you know what, we're going to let churches meet again. Um, so rather than let that go to court, they decided to let churches open up again. Um, so we're still, pray for us in that. That's still uh, something that's processing. Um, the court case was not heard, but it will be soon. Um, the judge said, okay, this doesn't get heard as an urgent matter, but it still needs to be heard. And so it should be coming up soon to help clarify um, what rights do churches actually have. It's not really as clear uh, in, the, in South Africa as it is here. Um, so we appreciate your prayers on that. These are, this is another church that we were able to uh, be involved with, where David Fall is. So I think some of you have been praying for the Falls. Um, and so we were able to just help go encourage that church. We'd send a delegation every month to try to just encourage them until the Falls could get there. And he's been doing a great job there. Um, and then I went and did some counseling seminars uh, in a couple other parts of South Africa. So this is Richard Peskett's church. They asked me to come and do a weekend-long counseling seminar, so I did. Um, there's Brother Richard. Um, and then um, Jonathan Tempe, some of you may know, he was a TMS student. He used to work at TMAI, uh, and he uh, is a South African pastoring this church down in Richards Bay. So they also asked us to do a counseling seminar there, which we did. Um, and then we had uh, Carl Hargrove come out uh, in December um, and had a bunch of us all meet together. And while we were at that conference, I was talking to Richard and Jonathan, and they uh, said, man, our people love those counseling seminars. Can we do more for them? I said, well, you can't really come to Joburg to our training program, but we just bought all this live stream equipment. Maybe we could live stream it if you guys wanted to host it at your church and you could be a satellite campus. And from that idea, it all actually fell into place within a very short time. Um, and these guys did a lot of work to make it happen. And so we now have a new counseling training course that's happening right now. Um, and... Uh, so we have 40 people from our church that are, I, I teach on Wednesday nights uh, for about uh, three hours. And then um, right now, Tim and Robin and one other guy are taking turns running that while I'm away. Um, and uh, they're eager for us to get back, I think. Um, but we also have two satellite campuses now. So these other two churches are also hosting those, um, which has been great. We didn't really go looking for that, but the Lord provided it. And it's been a neat opportunity to help equip the members of those churches as well to be able to know how to uh, use their Bibles to handle the issues of their lives and of others in their church. Um, we've enjoyed making some other friends too. This is our small group. Um, and this is, we've now kind of brought all of our small groups together under one roof because we've got the counseling training course happening in place of the small groups. Um, and we have some other um, uh, leaders who have left. We have just one group now and we do, can you see it there? Yeah. So 
This is a South African braai. It's, it's like a barbecue, except South Africans take it way more seriously than and Americans take barbecue. So, and this is borvors, so um, we, uh, everyone will come together on a Wednesday instead, or a Friday instead and uh, grill some meat and spend some time praying and singing and um, worshiping the Lord together. It's been a, a sweet time for our church as well um, these last uh, couple months. Um, so, yeah, continue praying for us. Here are a couple prayer requests. Um, you can praise the Lord for his timing and bringing us to South Africa. It's, uh, we didn't know all the things that were going to be coming up. Definitely couldn't have foreseen them, but um, we've been so glad we've been able to be there for that. Um, and I've just heard others as well just thanking the Lord for his timing and bringing us there. Um, we also are thankful for how he continues to, to strengthen his church there in South Africa and just the opportunities that are continuing to expand. Um, we've been grateful for opportunities for the word to go forth, even with lockdown, even with COVID. Um, it's been amazing to see we've been able to even been involved in counsel in, uh, these counseling training programs in church planting, a lot of things that have happened even with lockdown. Um, and pray to you that we would be faithful amidst trials. Um, as we continue to have some challenges for churches meeting in South Africa, um, we want to, Please the Lord. So pray for wisdom as we try to do that. So I've got a couple minutes here left and uh, want to open it up for questions. And Rachel is also able to ask questions, answer questions. She can ask them too. Yes. So schools opened up by that point. Yeah, schools were open amazingly. Yeah. Yes, Cami. Do you want to answer that one? Okay, so the original lockdown, I'm sure you guys had something like this too. It was three weeks long, right? It's going to be over and done quickly. Three weeks, so that's 21 days. A marathon in kilometers is 42 kilometers. So um, if you run two kilometers every day for 21 days, then you run a marathon. But we couldn't leave our driveway, and we were in a like a complex. We were in a townhouse, and so... We had a driveway, and there was a gate here, a little passage around the back of our house to the little garden, and a gate here. So we opened up the gates, and we ran 31 times around our house every day to get our two kilometers in, and we did it for 21 days. And um, Matt and I ran it. Abigail mostly ran it. Naomi kind of hopped it and rolled it and skipped it and rode on Dad's shoulders. And my dad walked it. And my, my mom, she was actually in a boot the whole time she was there. She was coming back for surgery right after her trip, which then didn't happen for a long time. So she was our stenographer, and she just kept the little tally marks of how many times we ran around the house every day. We have sheets and sheets of all these tally marks now. But it was, it was a fun experience. <laughs> Any other questions? We are, yeah. Our, our brothers and sisters in Malawi are so dear to us, and we do stay in touch with them. I, I um, was just messaging a couple guys yesterday uh, over there, and I, I think probably once a week or so um, I'm in touch with somebody over there. And I think probably similar for you, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, we've had a couple people from Malawi come down to visit us uh, so far um, before lockdown and all of that, but... Uh, yeah, we Joburg is kind of a hub, so I expect we're going to see more of that too in the days ahead. Yeah, are the travel restrictions going to Joburg right now? 
I think that we'll be okay because we have a visa um, already. I think it would be difficult to get a new visa right now. Um, so it took us three tries to get here this time. Um, two of the airlines canceled our tickets. Um, it wasn't us personally. It was just South Africa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as far as I know, we shouldn't have any trouble getting back. But, uh, yeah, appreciate your prayers for that, too. Um, we love you all, but uh, we really do miss our church there, too. <laughs> That was great, Matt. Thank you for that presentation. And it's wonderful to get to experience it through pictures and all the details. So thank you so much. Well, let's pray now for the Florines. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful to have Matt and Rachel with us today, God, and just to rejoice with them and how you've taken them and arranged their paths for the last couple years since they were last with us, Lord. And we do praise you for the 10 years in Malawi and what a joy that it was for them to serve you there, Lord. And Father, we are saddened, Lord, when we think of those relationships that have to be maybe changed or put on hold for a little while. And yet, Lord, at the same time, we rejoice that that was a hard process because that signifies, Lord, that you blessed that time tremendously for them, Lord, and that both the church was blessed by them and they were blessed by those relationships. So we're so thankful for all the footprints and all the ways, Lord, that you um, have left them in in Delland on the memories and on the experiences of that church body and for them as well, Lord. And we know that you have changed them because of that and will continue to grow them as a result of their time in Malawi, Lord. So we're so thankful for their faithfulness and how you use them so mightily in the church and in the seminary at Kappa, Lord. God, we also are so thankful that at the right time, you prepared the way for Matt and Rachel to come to Antioch, Lord, and to be in Joburg for just meeting the needs of where um, they were most needed, God. And so we're so thankful for how you direct directed their paths, Lord, through um, counsel and through just the needs of the church being made known. God, we're so grateful for how you even have prepared Matt and Rachel in their training and their experiences and their desires to be such a wonderful help to the church there. God, we're grateful for how you have already made so many dear relationships there for them, God, and just for the wonderful opportunities of ministry. We thank you, Lord, for the hunger for biblical counseling and just for the church, for the desire to grow, and for all the partner churches, Lord, in the area. God, what a tremendous blessing to see your people desire your truth and desire to grow so that they can be more effective for your kingdom, Lord, as they minister to those around them. So, Father, we do pray, even as Matt and Rachel look to heading home soon here, God, that you would um, just prepare them, Lord, for another season of fruitful ministry, Lord, that you would uphold them, that you would direct their steps, and that you would bless these days of ministry as they continue to minister to the body of Christ there. We pray that you continue to unify and strengthen Antioch Bible Church, that they would continue to be such a light in that community Father, even as we know just in the stories of even to the police station and to the college ministries and to all the areas, Lord, in in that city, Father, that very large city, Lord, continue to use them mightily. God, we thank you for Abigail and Naomi, and we do pray that you would continue to just bring them, Lord, sweet relationships and friendships in their new home, and we thank you for how you brought them through the transition from Malawi. Lord, we um, are even thankful for the wildlife that they enjoy so much, God, your beautiful creation that they get to enjoy there. And Father, we do pray for um, biblical counseling, Lord, that you would strengthen the program there, continue to expand it and develop it. 
Father, we pray for even Matt and Rachel's journey home, that you would be over that process, Lord, and that you would bring them home at exactly the right time and through whatever airlines, Lord, eventually travel. Lord, we ask that you would sustain those trips and make their way possible. God, continue to bless their time while they're here on furlough as they meet with many churches and people and family members, God. Father, sustain them and give them endurance and also just make it a sweet blessing to them, Lord. And Father, we thank you for all these things in your son's precious name. Amen. Well, ladies, we will enjoy seeing you back next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.